Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for this series on Proverbs that we have been enjoying. We, we want to thank you for the wisdom that's in your word. And I want to ask today that your presence would come, come remove every veil from our minds. We all need a little bit more wisdom. Your word says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them just ask and God will give generously without finding fault. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands because if I say, how many of you know you need more wisdom? I think we'd all raise our hands. And, and won't you just with me say this, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would give me more wisdom generously, not because I deserve it, but because you paid for it. Thank you, Father. And Lord, so I just bless every person. Even as Carol prophesied and prayed over finances, that as we talk about finances and money and what your word has to say about it in the time we have today, that you would do a miracle in us, that we would go from thinking the world's way to thinking the word's way. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. So we are going to, we, we've been talking about a little bit of wisdom uh, from the book of Proverbs, and today is a little bit of wisdom about money. Are we on my laptop or are we running through ProPresent? All right, great, so I can do the change. Uh, so what we are going to do today is I, I don't really consider myself an expert on finances. I spend it well. I know how to spend it. I know how to use a credit card. But we, we do have a couple of experts in the church. And so I'm going to be sharing this moment. We're going to have a couple of them sharing from their perspectives. And uh, as we've been talking about the book of Proverbs, but I do trust that you have been, as Pastor Darlin encouraged so strongly, read a chapter of Proverbs a day. And a lot of people are like, why does Proverbs jump all over the place? Well, in the Hebrew, Proverbs is listed in category order by catchword. So it makes sense if you're reading it in Hebrew. Now, most of us are not Hebrews, and we probably have to jump around a bit to find the topic. So we'll jump around a bit to find a whole lot of what Proverbs says, probably about 50 things in Proverbs. So we won't touch on all of them, but we do want to give you some principles from Proverbs on how to view money God's way. And so I want to look today at, uh, in essence, money myths and mindsets from Proverbs, because I think you would agree with me that the world's way of thinking has totally ingrained most of you sitting here, and many myths about money prevail, even in Christians, and they seem surprised when they find out there's another way. So we're going to start with uh, Jolly Mokorossi, who is Pastor Sam's beautiful wife. Come up here, Jolly. Let's give Jolly, give Jolly a jolly good hand. Um, and uh, Jolly leads our Insimbi network for the church, an amazing woman for those of you who don't know her. She uh, is an independent professional principal officer and independent trustee that sits on the boards of a number of retirement funds. She's a lecturer for the Assisa Academy. She's a program champion for the Consumer Financial Education Practitioners Program. Her most recent venture is Wealth at Work, a digital media response to the need for the creation of sustaining multi-generational wealth in African families. And I can't think of anyone better to launch this than you. Everyone say, God bless Jolly. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Um, I would like to publicly apologize to anyone that I haven't greeted because I don't recognize you behind your mask. 
<laughs> I'm not as good with eyes as some people are. But um, thanks for letting me speak. First of all, I don't consider myself an expert because I feel like as if money is like with God, the deeper you go, the less you realize you know. <laughs> and you keep on going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. But I want to speak to you a little bit about the work that I do so that you can understand the context from which I come. Um, as a retirement fund trustee, I, I am on the, the other side that decides how um, your money is going to be distributed when you die and you're still actively at work, um, if you have a pension fund. So uh, Sam says my work is a bit morbid, but <laughs> that, is, that is part of the work that I do. And, and um, to do that work, we're actually given 12 months by law. And you delve pretty deep into some of the family situations. Um, and there are some themes that keep repeating themselves that are, are so tragic for me to see as a Christian. And um, such a pity that I can't just reach out and, and talk to them about God and God's way. Um, one of the biggest things is dysfunction in families. That's what I see over and over and over and over. Incredible amounts of dysfunction. So I know we're talking about money, but so much of what we do uh, rests and is rooted in family. That's the, that's the irony with God, isn't it? Huh? Um, he always brings back the family to the center of things and to the center of how we do things. You know, family is so critical to God. One of the most painful things for me to see is... Um, fatherlessness. We have such incredible levels of fatherlessness in South Africa. So um, sometimes people are like, ah, oh, but Jolly, why do you only reach out to certain people with regards to some of the work that you do um, to black women? But do you know that <laughs> I think the Sunday Times said only 20% of uh, black children will grow up with their fathers in the house? <laughs> uh, so it's incredibly painful. It's incredibly painful to see as well. Um, when you do a distribution, the law tells you how you should do the distribution. So um, then we have to ask who, okay, we need to know who all your children are <laughs> or who all the children are. And then you get statements like um, affidavits at, at the police station. Oh, so-and-so is my father, but he never gave anything for me. Um, you know, because we have to understand the family situation. Uh, so-and-so, as we, I last saw him when, I've had people come up to me as the principal officer and say, okay, here's my nomination form. You've got to swear on your life you're not going to show my wife because I have other children and I've never told her. And sadly, that is why the law gives us 12 months to find all the dependents because people do not disclose them. <laughs> they hide families and I can tell you that probably every second or every maybe 60% of the, the work that I do involves, on that side, involves people telling me about their sad family situations. So when we talk about discipleship in the church, when we talk about families and want to put families at the center, it is so critical to nation buildings. It's not frivolous. You know, when we send our children to Sunday school, when, we, when, we, when we're trying to cover fathers in this family, there's such an attack in this country, on this continent, on particularly fathers. Fathers. So I bought a book recently on just covering my husband in prayer because I know that the devil is after him, you know, on, on, uh, in hot, 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 hot pursuit, okay? So um, 
I also come a lot of myth. I come across a lot of myths when I, in my work and in the church as well, and and of course people just add blessed to the end of it and think that it's sanctioned by God. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> um, myths like, um, you know, if you talk about money, it is because you love money or you are greedy. So many of the problems that I see are because we don't talk about money. Right now as a country, we are sitting in over 50 billion rands unclaimed because we don't talk to anybody about money. Imagine the work it could do in this country, 50 billion rand. 50 billion rand. <laughs> um, uh, it is uncultured uh, bad manners to speak about money. Particularly women, I come across this, know absolutely nothing about what is going on financially in the family. Um, and, and it's such a... Um, you know, even the, the CEO of, um, of the, uh, the, the former CEO of, um, of the Institute for Collective Investment said the reason why she got into money was because um, when her father died, um, they went through such a dip financially as a family. And um, it's much later on that she actually found out that the father had provided for, for them. There were all these papers that used to arrive in the mail every year. Her mom didn't know that they were share certificates. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Nikki Newton King, some of you might know her, and that is the reason she's in financial services. That, um, it's, it's a painful story that repeats itself over and over and over. Even when I worked at Kanyaswini, there were kids, which is a children's home. There are children there that are there, we found out later, that they had trusts. <laughs> but the stuff had never been talked about, so they ended up at children's homes. Their parents had provided. So please... Um, talk to your children. If my family know how much I, I have or earn, they'll kill me. That's I, all the time. I'm always like, why did you marry them if you think they'll kill you for money? <laughs> but that's a story for another day. <laughs> God wants us to be poor is something that is a lie that people have absorbed. Um, uh, you could be wealthy. You, you, you can't be wealthy and serve God. Um, if you are poor, you are not blessed. Um, you are poor because you have committed a sin. That one I come across all the time. And I, I won't go into a lot of these myths. I, uh, you know, it's, we don't have enough time today. But um, you can see if you have financial problems, you have unconfessed sins, um, and uh, blessings are finite. Those of you who've studied economics like I did, we study, we study it's, economics is a study of limited resources, which is in direct conflict with the kingdom, yeah. isn't it? It took me 20 years to realize that, that I was studying something that was the complete opposite of what God would have us believe. And if God blesses someone else, he cannot bless me. Oh my goodness, this is such a big myth in families. So-and-so has made it, I can't make it. Or, the, or this person, this street, there's only capacity in this whole, God only has capacity to bless one. <laughs> so, so those are some of the myths, but you know, God wants to come, God wants to, God wants to breathe truth, truth into our finances. God wants to breathe truth into our finances. I loved what we were praying about the other day on, on Friday. We were praying um, in the Every Nation, um, the, the national prayer, that um, we, we were praying that our own incredible testimonies may be a reminder of God's sovereignty. We were praying that um, family is at the center of God's plan. And um, sorry, we were, play, we were praying for 
I skipped it. We're praying for him to reveal his divine purpose to everyone in our ministries, in our church, in our neighborhood, in our work, and that he may teach us everything that we need to know, basically for the spirit of knowledge to be over us, for the spirit of knowledge to, to counsel us at this time, the spirit of counsel. So, Father God, that is what I pray for today, that the spirit of knowledge may counsel us. Um, and I pray for you to be here and present today. Amen. So one of the ways in which God has spoken to me is through my children's names. And, I, I, and it's, um, if I can do the next slide. And it's quite strange that uh, from a financial perspective. By the way, um, there's a financial planner called uh, Howard Dayton who says that in the Bible, God speaks about money or possessions 2,350 times. If you had any doubt that God thinks money is important. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks about it 2,350 times in his word. It means that it's something we need to take very seriously. So the, our firstborn is, um, her name is Nongkuleleko. For the Zulu speakers, you, or Klosa speakers, you'll know that that means freedom. And she is my constant reminder that Christ has died for my freedom. And that freedom includes financial freedom. I put up this... Um, 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 this verse in Proverbs, um, I asked Carol to put up this verse in Proverbs uh, when she prepared the slides, and it talks about debt. Um, and it says, my son, it's Proverbs 6, 1 to 5, my son, if you are surety for your friend, if you have struck your hands in pledge with a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth, and you are caught with the words of your mouth, then my son, it even tells you what to do. Do this now and deliver yourself when you have come in, um, sorry, when you have come into the hand of your friend, go humble yourself and make your friend sure. Do not give sleep to your eyes or slumber in your eyelids. Deliver yourself as a gazelle from the hunter's hand and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Uh, Proverbs 22, 7 speaks about the rich uh, rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Have you heard them? Have you seen the meme? I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. <laughs> Chris is going to talk about corporate greed. And um, when he speaks about corporate greed, there's, there's, there was a, a CEO of a corporation. He said to me, I always check how much, um, how much debt my employees have because the more debt you have, the better you work. I can control you. <laughs> I can control you. Um, and, and the opposite of this is the FIRE movement. I know a lot of young people are in the FIRE movement. The FIRE movement, uh, financial independence, retire early. I love the FIRE movement. I'm so for the FIRE movement. The bit that I don't agree with is the retire early. Because the messaging there is a lot about live your life instead of what is God purposed you to do. I work in the retirement fund industry, but do you know that God doesn't talk about retirement? Yeah. Basically, God expects us to partner with him till you die. <laughs> you know, um, my dad is retired now, but he joined an organization called Doctors Who Are Retired But Not Tired. You know, may I encourage you that you are not done until you are six feet under. God has a plan for you until you depart from this earth, you know. Um, as a family, we follow Dave Ramsey's uh, baby steps to, to get us out. The second child, my second born is called Bongani. Bongani reminds me to give thanks. As 
especially when I give my tithes and offerings. It is a privilege to be able to tithe. It is a privilege to be able to offer. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruit of all your crops, Proverbs 3, 9 says. Um, praise the Lord. And for me, part of that attitude of gratitude, as uh, Dr. Solomons calls it, is um, with my tithe. I praise God for the ability to tithe. Okay. Mohao, um, uh, sorry, Zandi is our third born. Zandi, um, Bongani means uh, thankful, or we are thankful for those who don't know. Um, Zandi comes from Zandile. She hates it when we call her Zandile. Only my father is allowed to get away with it. But anyway, it, he does it. He gets away with it. And Zandile means they have multiplied. Um, um, and as um, and for me, the lesson from Zandi's uh, from Zandi's name is is really around 2 Corinthians 9:10. Now, the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness, giving it back to God because God is the one who provides. It's not. It took me a while to learn that one. It's not old mutual or momentum or any of my former employers or my ability, it is God, okay. Uh, Tsepang, our fourth one is, is, is called uh, Lefa. For the Sutu speakers, it's, uh, it means inheritance, and, he, and Tsepang means trust in plural, a reminder to trust in God, and that children are inheritance from the Lord. They're not, you know, by the time you have four children, people are like, let me talk to you about contraceptives. <laughs> let me, can we, can we talk to you about curbing the enthusiasm? Yeah. <laughs> but talking of inheritances, something that I often see is mismanaged inheritances. And your children are an inheritance. I know, and I, there's a program on TV that's quite popular called um, I Blew It, eh? Yeah. Remember that you can also blow your children's future. In fact, God says you need to have an inheritance. A good man leads an inheritance for his children's children. So as you think of, you know, I am a Christian today because my great-grandmother made sure she had secured my salvation in heaven. What inheritance are you leaving for your children? Um, so... I know my time is, oh, Mohao, sorry, I went to, to, to Tsapang instead of Mohao first. Mohao Wamudimu, grace of God, the mercy of God. That's, that, is, that, is her, that is what her name means. It means grace and mercy. And Mohao is a testament to the fact that God covers us. I have made so many financial mistakes. Sam has made so many financial mistakes. As a family, we've made mistakes with raising our children. We've made our mistakes with whatever. But God constantly shows us his grace and his mercy where we do not deserve it. What is mercy? Unmerited favor. We have done nothing to deserve it. If anything, we've gone the opposite direction. But still, but God, but God, but God, but God. Thank you. Don't you wish you could have just sat and listened more? So, so just to say, the whole reason we have set aside a discussion panel at the end of the service is if you would like to stay and hear more, ask questions, myself, Charlie, Chris, others are going to be here to talk more specifically because we don't have time to go into depth. It's just a touch. But Charlie, thank you. That was a powerful, powerful touch. And... Uh,
If you want to hear more, stick around for our discussion group. Uh, Chris Hall is going to be coming up next. Chris is the head of our financial advisory board for Every Nation, Ramsach, and uh, he's the general manager of the East-West Africa hub of a large multinational corporation. Uh, he has seen it all. Married to Gudrun, who many of you know, uh, wonderful children, Joshua and Faith, and everyone say, God bless Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Sarah. I went old school with papers today. Yeah. Hey. Joey, that was amazing. Yeah. I actually should have sat down and you could have continued. All right, we have a short time. So my question is, do you own money or does money own you? That's really the gist of what I want to talk about today. So there's a quote up on the screen by, uh, by Mr. Rockefeller. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, John D. Rockefeller lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was the wealthiest person alive. They still believe he was the wealthiest in our modern times, probably wealthier than Elon Musk today. Okay, and if you go to New York, you can see Rockefeller Center um, is built there. You always see the Christmas tree outside of that center. Um, he owned more than 1% of the US economy. He owned 90% of all gas and oil. And he was asked, how much money is enough? And his answer was, just one more dollar. Okay? Or just a little bit more. They're, a little bit, they're not sure which was the real answer. But just a little bit more. The wealthiest man in the world. Just a little bit more. That's all I want. A little bit more. So today I want to test a little bit, a little bit more, <laughs> about kingdom culture versus corporate culture. And I understand that this is not corporate culture everywhere, but this tends to be the, the way in which non-biblical uh, corporations are running and where the hearts of non-biblical corporations are today. So I've picked seven areas um, to tackle. So let's go through each of them. So first of all, in corporate culture, they worship wealth. I'm sorry, but corporates do. They want more. And every time you give them more, you know what they want? More. Okay, just like my friend, uh, Mr. Rockefeller. You know, the other thing is, you know, corporates worship wealth because they want you to see the things of wealth, the trappings of wealth. You need a better car. You need a better house. You need better clothes. You need a gold pen that you can donate um, for, for uh, Zunspreit. But kingdom talks differently. Kingdom is about you worship with your wealth. You know why we do tithes and offerings straight after, after uh, we do worship? Because it's part of how you worship. Lord, I'm giving over and I'm trusting you with my wealth. I'm handing that over, Father, because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, we are called to give. We are called to tithe. Secondly, corporate culture says to you, your value is what you are. If you are, you know, Jolly spoke about limited resources. If you've got a skill, if you're a doctor, if you've got a PhD, if you've got a fancy title, if you're a VP, if you're a CEO, wow, you have value, okay? But if you don't, if you've got limited skills, I'm sorry, you don't have value. That's what the corporate says to you. Yeah. Do you know what the Bible says? God values you for who you are. You think God cares what your title is? You think what God cares what you've studied? God looks at your heart. And this morning, I'm going to just pause in a second. I've brought way too many papers. I want, to, I want you to pause and remember, whatever the corporate tells you you are today, remind yourself of who God, who God says you are. You know, Sam, I loved it. Earlier today, we were singing. You know what the first song is that we sang? Was, um, we were singing all about, um, if you said it, God, we believe it, because you are a God of your word. 
I am who you say I am. Do you know what God says you are? I am the son or the daughter of the true king. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a masterpiece. I am loved. I am blessed. I am filled with joy, gladness, hope and peace. I am content and I am well. I am never alone. I am rescued and restored. I am free. I am protected. I am strong. I am courageous and I am brave. I am steady and I will not fall. I am confident. I am the light of the world. I am what I am and I am thankful. Amen. Those are just some of God's promises. And I'm happy to share that with you and the multiple scriptures that back up all those statements. Okay. That's who you are, not what the company says you are. The third thing is the Lord. Sorry, I've switched my notes around. <laughs> Corporate tells you to chase after more and more ones. Wow, Jolly. That was amazing that you shared that story. You know, my first job, I worked for a guy. And he was encouraging his team, go buy that BMW, get out there, you can do it. And I said to him one day, why are you pushing the team? He said, you know what, the more debt they have, the harder they have to work. I mean, completely different company, but it's amazing how that mindset permeates. His whole goal was get them trapped, get them trapped, and then they'll work hard for you because you got them, right? And I was really terrified. I was 20 years old. I was still at varsity. I was like, wow, is this how the corporate works? You know, you know what? Corporate has assessed you, it's never enough. Go after your wants. You must want that. And you would take them out for fancy dinners and give them things that they couldn't afford so they could say, I want that. I want that. I'm not happy with what I have. I want that. That's not what God wants. Okay? God wants to provide for your daily needs. Okay? In Matthew 6, 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow. They do not reap. They do not store. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any of you worry by adding a single hour to your life? And I'm going to give you a little hint. You know how to stop that cycle of, of uh, want? Is you have to close your circle of needs. Okay? You need to think about what do I need in my life? That irrespective of how much money I have, I don't need more. Oh, Lord, I need a car. Oh, hallelujah, my first car. Lord, I need a bigger car. Oh, Lord, I need a fancier car. Now that I've got a car, you know what I need? It's a four by four as well. And I need a fast car. And I need a fellow family car. We need an eight-seater. How many cars do you need? You need to close your circle of needs in your life. And then you will find amazing contentment. And God can bless you because it's not like, ah, oh, it's just going to another want. It's going, I can then say, Lord, how do I use this extra to bless you? Um, the fourth thing is greed is good. If you ever saw, uh, in, in, sorry, in the corporation, have you ever seen uh, the movie Wall Street from 1987? Most of you are too young to know that movie. It was a very famous movie, and Michael Douglas plays this greedy uh, corporate uh, CEO named uh, Gordon Gecko. And there's this famous um, um, scene where he's in court, and he says, greed is good. And he's saying, but greed forced, it drives you. Yet capitalism, that desire to do more, is good. And I, was, I remember seeing that, and I was like, wow, what a horrible statement. You know, greed is dangerous. God calls us not to be greedy. And there's lots of scriptures about why greed is so dangerous. The fifth area is who are you working for? Are you working to please your boss? Or are you working to please the Lord? You know, your boss can be fickle. Whew. Hey, and, and your bosses change. And you know what? Everybody's boss has a boss. <laughs> Even the CEO has a boss. They're called shareholders. Okay? And you know what they want? They want more. Okay? But let's us remember to focus and our work, that our work is unto the Lord. Whatever you do, Colossians 3.23, do it with all your heart, working for the Lord, 
not for human masters. God wants us to work hard. God wants us to give our best, but it's not to please our boss. It's to please the Lord. You know what I've learned over time? If I just please the Lord, uh, that he sees what I'm doing and he will bless me appropriately. Sometimes I'll go through struggles. Sometimes I'll go through tough bosses. Sometimes I'll really want to leave. But if I continue to work as unto the Lord, the Lord sees and he will bless at the appropriate time. You know, in, in um, Philippians 7, sorry, 4, it says, uh, verse 7 and verse 9, I'm going to skip verse 8, says, the peace of God, which transcends your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So God's peace will do what? Guard you. Okay, and then and verse 9 says, and the God of peace will be with you. In all your circumstances, remember, you're not there to please your boss. You're there to please the Lord, and he will give you peace. The sixth thing is, you know, the world constantly picks on the bad. We get into appraisal time, end of the year. Oh, boy. You know what? I, you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You know, there was that one time back in February where this went wrong. You know, the, the corporate tends to pick on, on the things which are, are wrong in your life. You know what God does? He focuses on the good. You know, Pastor Sammy really did such a great job of, of preaching on uh, Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9, when she spoke about thrapple, right? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's how God wants to see, that's how God sees you. And that's how you should see your employees. Not for all their faults, but for the, bring out the gold. You know, I, I, I had a very different, I, there was two leaders of our business, and it was weird. Because my style is, bring out the gold, and the other leader's style was, look at the bad. And there was this contrast in the business. And you know what? The one side of the business had a 25% attrition rate, and the other side of the business had a 2% attrition rate. Okay, so applying these principles um, really makes an impact in the workplace. And the last one is, corporate takes, okay, but the kingdom gives. You know what? At the end of a day at work, I don't know about you, but I feel tired. <laughs> Corporate has taken it out of me. You know what? At the end of the, at the, end of the service, I feel refreshed. Because I'm in God's presence, He blesses me. Okay. There's so much more we could talk about. All right. Last slide. So, God, we're praying that everybody here is blessed. We're praying that you can apply some of these principles, that you will be blessed. And then as you're blessed that you understand what to do with those things. So first of all, don't become arrogant, okay? Um, when the Lord blesses you, you know, remember that uh, in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, uh, remember for the Lord your God, it is he who gave you the ability to produce wealth. Never forget, God opened the doors, God provided, and God has blessed you and put you in this place. Secondly, even if you have wealth, do not put your trust in wealth. If you look right through kings, oh my goodness, what a cycle. People are poor, oh Lord, love us. God, love, God loves them. They, he, they serve the Lord. They bless them. Now they're full of wealth. Ah, let's turn to wealth. Boom, they collapse. I mean, that cycle repeats itself over and over and over and over. Let's not repeat the cycle. God wants to bless you. You know, before we had kids, someone said to me, buy a plant, and if it lives, then you can think about having kids, all right? Look after the plant first. If you want more wealth, make sure you're looking after what you have today, all right? So that as God blesses you, you know how to use it, and um, you don't put your hope in it. And lastly, be generous and willing to share. Corinthians uh, 9, verse 6 and 8 says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Family, when I first started tithing, it wasn't easy. I'll be honest. I came before the Lord. I said, 10%. Ooh, that's a lot. And you know what God said to me? 
start. Just start. What, what, what are you willing to give? And I said, Lord, I'm willing to give 3%. God said, it's okay, my son. And I gave three. And then I gave four. And then I gave five. You know, very quickly, I got to my 10, and I was happy to give more. But you know what? Start somewhere. Yes. Don't wait for something to happen. God's looking at your heart. He wants you to start so he can bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, my friend. Aren't you glad that our business network and our financial advisory board are in good hands, good heads, good hearts? Won't you stand with me together today? I know this is a huge topic and we just thrown a whole lot of information at you, but my heart is that Holy Spirit fall right now and transform our thinking. There's a scripture in Ephesians and it says this, take off your old nature corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds so that you can put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And whatever parts of your soul are corrupted through deceitful desires in the area of materialism or wealth or putting your trust in money or anything we've addressed, you know what? You can just take that off right now. Just take it off. Whatever wrong mindsets, whatever lies, whatever worries, whatever anxieties, just take it off. Lord, would you make us new in the attitude of our minds now? We want to think like Jesus. We want to live like Jesus. We want to give like Jesus. We want to be able to be a blessing like Jesus. And I bless every person in this church. You know what they're going through. You know what their struggles are, their challenges. You know those who have nothing. You know those who have plenty. And we ask that you'd make us a church where there is no want, no lack amongst us. Do a miracle, Lord. But we're asking that you'd make us a church that does it your way. Let us not buy into the world's way of thinking. Whatever mindsets need to be changed, show each one of us this week. Won't you just ask him this week? Say, Lord, what do I need to change in the way I think or handle with regards to my finances? Do that, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord and my God. Make us the most generous church in this city and this nation. Make us a church that leaves an inheritance, not just for our children, children's children, but for the churches we plant as well in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And all God's people said, Amen. Pastor Darling going to wrap up with some good stuff. Awesome, awesome. Yes, give the Lord a hand again. You know, church, just recently, God challenged Andrew and I to change to to sell some things and change some things so that we could we could reduce our expenses so that we would have more to give and you know as we were in the process of doing this i i you know was just speaking to the lord and and asking him you know how how we were going to make it in the future and i i just i just heard him say so specifically that you can never outgive me you can, you can never, ever outgive the living God. And you know, I feel like there's some people here that need to know that, that you can never outgive the living God. And I, I heard him say this to me, the way you take your hands off the fear of lack is by giving.
the way you let go or the way that fear lets go of you is by giving. And I feel like there's some of you right here that there's almost the Spirit of the living God is speaking to you right now. He's saying to you, the way out of the fear you're experiencing right now is generosity. It's generosity in your finances, it's generosity in your soul, it's generosity in your heart. So Father God, we want to ask again that we would be a generous people. That we would be a generous people. Thank you, Lord God, that you're faithful in all things. You are faithful in all things. Thank you, Lord God, that we have more than enough, that the abundance of heaven is pouring out on us. I thank you that there are people here who will who will finance hundreds of people's universities educations there are people here who will fund business startups in their hundreds there are people here who will buy church properties for not just this church but other churches there are there are people here that that they are destined to manage the wealth of heaven on this earth and i just want to speak into the hearts of all of you that that's who you are you are managers of kingdom wealth you are managers of kingdom wealth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give, him, give you his peace. Amen and amen.